You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 219 of the Centralized Favorite Podcast. Jeremiah Morrill here, joined by uh, Dakota Davis, producer Zach Bircham, and uh, an empty chair that probably won't get filled. But there's a chance Chase Payton might walk in. He teased us, Dakota. He told you on Tuesday that he was going to be here, and he never showed up. But today's episode <laughs> he features... Did, he did give a very reasonable excuse. I forget what happened. I believe he's watching a senior citizen. I haven't seen him this week. I've been commuting around him, but I haven't seen him this week. So, Dakota, what are we doing? Today's episode features the three of us, and we're going to be telling you guys about uh, some different things that are going on the wor- in the world due to COVID-19. Things are ramping up again. We are seeing quarantines, and we're seeing more sicknesses and spikes in hospitalizations. And does that come with lockdowns? Maybe, maybe not. We're also going to be talking a little bit about what's been going on in Afghanistan and uh, touching on some of President Biden's remarks and uh, some other things I'm sure that we'll get to along the way uh, that we don't have written down yet. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very episode two or episode three show. Uh, we are using our show notes. Our, Dakota chose to go to dinner, and you can find out what he had at dinner if you join the Patreon. Uh, but uh, thanks for the invite. This is very yeah, no shit. <laughs> that was that very, was not my response to the, very. I never said in Patreon what this I is, had for dinner. Well, I you said, had, you said what you consumed at dinner. I said oh, a very small part of it, but I drank right. Now anything that something that you consumed anyway. Uh, this is very much like episode two or three of Boss Hog, but instead of this being on the back of a paper plate, paper plate, it's on the back of last week's show notes, which as I was gesturing to Dakota over something, I knocked over a beer. So now it's soaked in Bobby, uh, Bobby Allison juice, the champagne of beers. <sighs> this show is about our li- lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Like today, Dakota's going to find out who the hell is Bobby Allison? And why do I say it's Bobby Allison juice? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. Zach knows. Yeah. Zach, do you want to explain to the crowd? Race car driver. Uh huh. As that was Sponsored my first me. guess. The first, you know, if I think of Miller highlight, though, I think of that. Is that the, uh, they had the killer ad campaign with the, uh, are you crazy? Is that who had that? I'm trying to think. There was somebody who had a good ad campaign where the guy would show up and like Miller High Life had a good ad campaign. Probably mm, this is like 15 years ago. Probably like, I was gonna say about 10 years ago. Yeah. So maybe. the champagne of beers is the yeah. they did that again. But the uh, Bobby Allison won the uh, the Daytona 500 in the Miller High Life car when he beat his son. Yeah, like beat him not as in physically, but like yeah, ran first and second. Hey, it's NASCAR. Any of those <laughs> things could happen. Zach, you did uh, you did have a NASCAR weekend. We're going to talk about here in a minute. Yeah, uh, and cover. And we did re- see. Review. We saw some NASCAR fans, <laughs> and in true NASCAR fashion, I burned my neck so badly the first day that I was like, just I was like, well, I got a redneck. I'm a NASCAR <laughs> race. I feel like I fit in. We did just record a Patreon, and uh, that's uh, brought to you uh, by many, many people, but exclusively we want to thank, or the very tip of the iceberg we want to thank. Do we have a club name? What do they call the top tier folks? The big spenders? The $50 a month club. $50 a month club. If you donate... Is the Ben Franklin club? Is it, Franklin's on the 100. Yeah, is it Hamilton? The Hamilton club. Who the hell's on yeah. the 50? Franklin? I think it might be. Who's, is Jefferson on the bill? He's on the five. I don't remember. President Grant. Oh, I knew that. Grant. You don't see many. They skip They skip right to the... No, ben- the ATM doesn't spit out a 50. No, yeah. they skip right to the Benjamins. Anytime you're talking about bills. Even if you do like the drive-up ATM thing where it's a live person talking to you, they will only... like. I asked for a 50 the other... I was like, I need so many hundreds and a 50. And then they're like, oh, we only have 20s. 
I can't I was think like, of the last time I saw I was like, okay, so two 20s and a 10. And he's like, we don't have 10s. <laughs> the only time I see it, I have 50 is I have one, I have a grandparent that will give us $50 at Christmas. And he opened up the little card and, and there's there's Grant's face staring at you. But like, that's the only time I see a 50. Whale in the Grant Club. It's Christy Avery, John Phillips of Andy Moore Buick GMC, Fishers, Indiana, Anthony Meyer, and uh, Fiddler's Green, Chris Lamb. That's right. Is that accurate? Fiddler's Green Cigar Company. The premier tobacconist in Newcastle, Indiana. Tobacconist. Yeah. That's their name. That's the deal. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's exciting. I can't wait to try the, try the big air stream. going to be fun. It'll be, it'll happen eventually. We'll get there. You keep teasing point. me. You keep teasing me with it. A lot of anticipation. Get to ruin our lungs and prime them for COVID. I, I think the thing is, is that you're supposed to not put it in your lungs. Yeah. That's I, you don't have any self-control. Supposedly. But that's the that's the way it's supposed to work. Some of it's got to make it in there. I mean, you're breathing around it. Right? So you got your big, uh, you got your new COVID mask. Your uh, your BHOL Gator. Are Gators allowed in Wave Three? Or are they or are they outlawed? I know bandanas usually aren't good. We don't want bandanas anymore. You've been getting a little trouble at work. Do you think a Gator would work if you wore a BHOL Gator in there? Do you think Gators you could get work. by with that? There are people who wear them. Yep. I stick with the surgical masks though. So there's t-shirts, there's merch, there's a mug, and then there's the uh, the, the Wave 3 Gators available. That's right. tchip.com slash bho1234 or mug. That's where you can get your Boss Hog of Liberty merchandise. Zach Bertram is going to somehow try to put them in the chat if he has I'm not opposed I've already got the link tree's there. Okay. The link tree. The link tree is there. That's where you can go. If you're listening to this on the audio, then you can go to bosshogofliberty.com and you can find all of the links there as well. It's a beautiful thing. All right, we're Zach. Talking about county employee pay? No, that's last week's show. <laughs> I picked it up. I was like, <laughs> we're talking time. about this again. Has there been a development? No, Dakota went. Uh, Dakota went uh, to dinner tonight. So we have uh, our show notes are, are old school, like we talked about. So let's talk about your redneck, Zach. You went to uh, you went to two NASCAR races over the weekend. You saw the Indy cars. Yep. What was your favorite race? It's a it's this is a big unification of all of the, se- oh. the motorsports world. I mean, the IndyCar race was my favorite because that's my favorite sport. Um, the NASCAR race, I got to witness everything that is wrong with that sport. In my own, they do a thing where like the green white checker, and they had some they had some track issues. They hit a curb repeatedly until they ripped it out of the pavement, and it started launching cars into the into the tire barriers. Were you sitting in a place where you could see the cars fly, or was no? It, it I was, was shielded. I was from getting you? ready to leave. Because the first, like I had, um, my family had already left. They left partway through the race and I had my camper hooked up and ready to go like, uh, 200 yards out of the track. And I wanted, I wanted to get out of there for everybody in the state. Cause it was a good crowd. They had a good crowd Sunday. I want to get out of there before the crowd was all like walking on Georgetown and blocking my way out of there. So at lap four, they had the first wreck and, um, my wife had seen them working on that curbing at lap 15 of an 82 lap race for 85, 82 laps. I think she saw them working on it. The official position of the track is that they were inspecting the curb. They were inspecting it. She saw them hitting it with sledgehammers. <laughs> I'm not sure. What that sounds like a Dakota Davis inspection <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. So, I mean, they worked on the whole break. So what's the problem? So yeah, these guys were hitting it and then it would like launch them. And somebody, I heard a, like they have an oil cooler that's mounted to like their splitter. And one of those oil coolers was shoved under the curb. Part of the problem is the cup car sits so low. So lap four, I saw that, okay, there's a wreck. I just walked past where the wreck was. I was a little bummed. I wasn't back there, but I was on the property with four laps to go. And I then walked out left. So four laps to go in the Indy 500. You should have been able to get across Georgetown road. Across maybe. Georgetown road. Now they had to red flag it. I saw them red flag it because they were trying to figure out what to do with the curb and got inspect it. And then I'm at that point, I'm on my way home. I throw the race on my phone so I can listen to it. I try to listen to the radio broadcast. That was insufferable. They really need to get in with the IndyCar radio folks at their broadcast. And it turns out that I had to go home 70. People have heard me complain about the construction. I got off at Greenfield because I needed to dump my tank. So I didn't want to go 234. Back rows to Greenfield, hop out on 40. The race ended as I pulled into the Mr. Fuel at 3 and 70. There were four laps to go when you left the Four track. laps to go when I left. And it was an hour and 20 minutes later that the race ended. That's insane. And I was like, I'm all about seeing a finish too, but I would not be happy 
if I like paste, I mean, people could be pacing their food and drink based on when this race was going to end. Oh yeah, it's, I'm sure they stopped selling uh, selling beer and alcohol. Oh, uh, yeah. at, like lap uh, with forty to go or something. And you're left sitting there for an hour and a half almost for what should have been for like what five minutes? Yeah, five minutes of action. And so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it had multiple problems. They had a red flag. And then when they started to finally get going, a car, I don't know how a car fired up and blew its engine, but not after it dressed, just drenched the whole front straightaway and half of the north end of the track in oil, apparently. And then they had to drive around and work the oil dry in. And then they go to a restart and they said there was hey, oil dry everywhere. I heard everywhere. A lot of complaints it looked like the fog everywhere. had rolled in. And then they'd remove this curb, but inside this curb was a straight section of curb. What they call a sausage curb. Yeah. And so it was a straight section. They drove them through there. I don't know. They did 20. It felt like they did 20 more laps through there. And they specifically took them by and said, this is where this is. Because it was a straight angle. If you hit it, it was like hitting a curb. It was like a Dukes of Hazard ramp. Yes. Because what? Yeah, as a matter of fact, Scott McLaughlin jumped it in the Indy car <laughs> the day before. He hit one curb and jumped the next two curbs. And so when they do a restart, they immediately hit the curb and wreck again. <laughs> Even worse than the first time. It was just chaos. And so then they're... they're uh, these are professional drivers, Zach. This, what I was yeah. saying on Twitter that, that, that on Sunday was, the hell with it. Put up the concrete walls they had at Nashville then. If you won't respect yeah. the limits of the curbs and you want to drive over the things, then put up a concrete yeah. wall. Take a Jersey Barry out there. Yeah. Just let them have it. And just you know, just and crash they into them. that. And... I was just like, you guys are kidding me. But yeah, so yeah, I was. But, but the NASCAR drivers blame the track instead. Yeah. One of, I saw one of them, um, what, Ty Dillon, I think, say it's partly on us, but he he's like, I missed the oval or whatever. I got a really nice picture of Ty Dillon with his right side tires in the air after hitting that curb during qualification. So, um, or early in the race. So they, they were all hitting it. But man, I was just like, I like IndyCar where once in a while it finishes under yellow and you're a little bit bummed, but you're not going to, I don't even know why they put numbers on NASCAR races. I don't know how many miles they're supposed to do 200 miles. And I bet that they did. I bet they did close to 250. (laughs) (laughs) It's so many laps. So it was, it was fun. I'm so happy. I only went to the Saturday. Oh my gosh. It was well. And they had, they had some issues. They had another curb. A turtle was that a turtle? Yep. That they hit on Saturday that was way offline, and guys were hitting it, and literally you could see him. It was like watching like motocross. If there was like a jump that's off to the side, not everybody hits it. There'd just be these cars just jumping in the <laughs> background and losing control because they were hitting a thing that was eight feet past the curb that they weren't. They supposed have to be no into. respect for where they're supposed to drive. They just they oh, just yeah. freaking wing it, man. So they took that out, and then they found another curb. Is the out. mindset just like eh, we'll try it? Their like, mindset is run to the absolute limit of the car. Yeah. And if there's pavement there, they're going to try to use it. Yeah. So the, it's like a little like a, uh, a chicane, almost a chicane, except it's they don't end up in a straight line. They're in an offset. So they do a quick left and then a right. And it's the roads are kind of parallel if you were to put them next to each other. And uh, and so, yeah, they were hitting the curb on the right. And then they were swinging so far left that they were hitting curbing over there. And that's when they hit that one thing that was jumping them on Saturday. But I was just like, I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. I was literally, I was, I could have been home before that race was over. <laughs> the, uh, I, I did go from Saturday. I watched the, uh, the NASCAR cup practice. We watched the IndyCar race and then we bolted before the Xfinity race started and went out to IRP and, uh, saw our guy Kyle Robbins run and he, uh, he finished ninth in the sprint car, brand new sprint car. He went up from like 14th to ninth, finished ninth place. Very good run. Three Henry County guys. You, re- you remember that we had, uh, uh, Craig Armstrong was on the show and uh, two of his sons were, were in the top 10 as well. So we had three Henry County drivers in the top 10 of the USAC sprint car race at IRP. Uh, and then Kyle lost a motor in the, uh, in the, in the silver crown Ooh. feature. <clears throat> they were running about an hour behind. You see, so my, 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 we had a deal with my mother-in-law and she was like, if Kyle falls out. We're leaving. Right. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he got lapped uh, with at like 28 laps into the hundred lap feature. And, uh, he got lapped two two laps before a caution came out and he retired the car because the engine was off. Yeah, so, so he was done. So I feel bad about not going, but you said they were running an hour behind. Yeah. So they're running a hundred lap feature. What time did the hundred lap feature start? It was, I would say it started after 11. Yeah. You're supposed to start at 10 and it started at 11. 11 p.m.? Yes. yes. Ah. Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dakota and I are closer on hours. I was like, I looked at that and like nothing started till eight thirty. I know why because they were wanting to get people a chance to they enjoy wanted to get people stuff in Indy. Infinity. 
and then it was over. cool though because I we're we're there and Ryan Newman is in the race. Uh, one of the uh, NASCAR drivers owns the car that actually wound up winning the midget race. Uh, Alex Bowman owns the Valvoline car. Uh, we I, I'm like. There's uh, there's Chad Canals right there. You saw him walking into the tunnel and in and and hanging out, checking stuff out. So there were a lot of uh, very high profile NASCAR folks walking around the grounds down there, which was cool. But uh, yeah, it was late night, especially yes. when you have to drive all the way back to Newcastle that evening. I, would, I, I was going to drive back to Newcastle. I was going to drive back to Speedway, which was like 20 minutes away. But I was like, man, a 10 o'clock start. I was like, why did they do that to Silver Crown? They always, if I was an hour late, I just although I stayed up late talking to my I met a new neighbor. That's fun of camping at the racetrack. So I chatted with him to like one thirty. To be honest, the midget race was the best race of the night. It was. Phenomenal. I was gonna say, like, on a track like that, midgets would be great. Sprints would be sprints. Or, or sprints were a lot of fun. Sprints are fun to watch because those are insane. Because they're like Sarah ridiculed me too. My wife literally made fun of me because I brought my lawn mowing headphones, my big ear, my big oh, surround I bet, headphones. I bet as close as they were phenomenal. And she's like, "You're why you look silly." I'm like, "Because they're there's loud. No, there's no wall at IRP there's, to yeah. bounce the sound off of." Yeah, it just comes straight in your ears. It and looks it, so safe. The wall. I'm not joking. The wall is about that high. And you're like, "Man, this track was built a while ago. <laughs> like, if they have to redo it, the walls couldn't grow by about double. It's gonna grow significantly." But as for spectator part, it's awesome. Like, it's not even as tall as the rear tires on a silver crown car. I hope gateway happens because I've got a feeling we may be done spectating that stuff for a man, while. I'm just, I got my email today about my paddock passes, telling me how to turn those in and get my wristbands and everything. I'm like, just hold out for like another week. Cause yeah, I don't. Yeah. I went to Nashville four weeks ago, three weeks ago for Garth Brooks and they said, we're going to reschedule. Bad news came from Garth Brooks yesterday, Dakota. Garth owes my uh, Garth, Garth owes my household about $400. Cause he canceled two tickets. Or two concerts times two tickets. There were five stadium shows that he sold and ticketed people for Cincinnati, Nashville, Tennessee, Baltimore, Maryland, Charlotte, North Carolina, Boston, which is really Foxborough where the Patriots play. All of those are off the books. They've canceled the concerts and people are getting their money back. You are getting your money back. Yeah, I'll give them credit. That's almost better than I would like. It's, it'd be nice if you could. I had stay. floor seats, Zach. I would much rather have had the be, chance to hang on to the seats I had and you tell me, hey, yeah. we're going to do this in 23 or 24. It'd be, it'd be nice if they would not be like, hey, we're going to try to do more concerts next year. Here's my thing. Like, well, Coulter Wall, he is Canadian, right? And Canada is starting. They had like a little bit of freedom, but now it's slipping away again because of the Delta variant. So because but the Canadians that, have had very good success with vaccinations. Yeah, but they're rest- they're way more loosey goosey with the restrictions than what we are here. Like as far as doing the lockdowns, closing gyms and all they'll do that things. much faster. Yeah, they do it really quick. Not as fast as Australia. And New, New, Zealand. New Zealand had one case in the country and they shut they everything like, down again. All right, everybody go home. Yeah, certain yeah, towns crazy. are shut down for three for a, for a week and other places that are nowhere near are down for like two or three days. And, uh, but because culture walls in Canada and uh, they told him about, uh, the mandatory like quarantine times that he would have to do coming back, it wasn't feasible for him to do certain shows. So he had to cancel some on his tour and then Charlie Crockett. When it's not like it's just one guy, it's a traveling road show to do right, a big concert. There's a bunch of people that, uh, yeah, there's, they have a load of staff. They've got staff. They've got yeah, stages. They feel got- like building out stages. Yeah. There's like probably like, a hundred plus people that are traveling. Yeah. And, uh, Charlie Crockett, he, they had, he said that in his team, there was a couple of COVID confirmed cases. So they had to shut everything down for the whole month of August. So that sucks. It's, uh, we're, we're getting there again. I feel like we're back in the spring of 2020. I don't feel like we're that we're far back. To see it. I, the one thing that I think is the carrot and stick that can go away from you is big events, big concerts, races, you know, uh, big, big festivals. That's the one gathering of humans that, that I think COVID can continue. We've, I think we figured out how to deal with everything else except for these massive gatherings. Yeah. Indoor, here's outdoor, a, whatever. Here's my deal is it's like, obviously uh, we have a couple more strains that are already coming up and becoming strains of interest it's it's going to just be it's going to be just like the flu there's going to be different strains of uh, covid that come along and every year we try to vaccinate for this particular strain and the vaccination helps just like the flu does and we're just going to have to deal with it it's just 
going to be how life is. And my thought is you have you, the vaccines keep you from getting too sick or dying. Most like it's super rare if someone has a vaccine, catches COVID and then dies. Right. Yeah, with that COVID. is that is an absolute you're, you're more much more likely to get killed by <laughs> you're get a struck hell by of a, yeah, a hell of a lot of stuff than you are by that trampled by a cow or something. That's a yeah. that's a manageable or mitigated risk. And it's going to happen way more often than what people who get the flu shot die from the flu or way less often because people get the flu shot and then die from like influenza A. But, oh, we vaccinated for influenza B this year and you still get screwed. And I feel like, okay, so we have all these protections and the people who didn't take the vaccine they're aware of the risks they're taking. Obviously, it's plastered everywhere. It's shoved in your face 24-7. Yeah, you're they, fully they, aware. There's nobody yeah. that's walking around going, you know what? I didn't know there was a vaccine. Yeah. So those people have accepted the risk. You know if you've got the vaccine, then you're probably going to be okay. You might get sick, but it's going to be a manageable sickness. You probably won't even have to go to the hospital. Well, we've learned Why this aren't week. we just totally opened up? Like, Why is this even a discussion still? I feel like it's just going to be here for forever, so I wish that we would just get on with it. This week, we were told that at eight months after your vac- your first vaccination, or your, your complete vaccination, that you should go ahead and get a booster shot, because it sounds like you're still protected against the worst, but you're getting a little sick, because, so yeah. we want you to have a, you know, if you had the Pfizer and Moderna, then those folks are supposed to get a, a third shot, a booster shot, about yeah. every eight months thereafter. Yes, the Moderna is like far more effective than the Pfizer or the J and J is at protecting against the Delta variant with infections. Well, like, Zach's in good shape. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. To the quantity. I got the Mark Martin approved. So 15 or 18% more effective. Yeah. I mean, I think that I'm seeing a lot of people that are getting shocked into getting it. Like, this seems to be, it's weird in that there's a group of people that are like, yeah, we're fine. Cause they got vaccinated in the, Another way, though, like, um, I've heard, I, don't, I haven't seen statistics. I don't watch the news, honestly, but the, it's, hit, it's hitting kids a little bit more than the old one was. But I know, but I've seen people who. It's still not pe- that severe, though. Yeah. Kids are getting sick. Yeah. But, but it's not like. But the people it is that are getting it, like adults, it's like bad enough that it's kind of shocking. I've seen people who who are holding out on the vaccine. They're like, I don't need the vaccine. It's garbage. The whole thing's a hoax. And now they're like, sign me up because they're me. It's not old people now. It's like 30. And I think I, I saw a thing about a church that went from like the pastor was like, eh, I'm not really big on, you know, don't worry about it. And then he buried like six people in a week in his congregation, four of which were, I think were under 35. And he's like, we're having a vaccine clinic next weekend. And like that kind of turned his brain around on some of it. So I think it's hitting a different group of people. So in that regard, I feel like it's worse than it was. But then you have this whole group of people that aren't really that concerned. It's kind of a bizarre circumstance right now. It's like schools. It's like shutting schools down. So we, locally here, we have uh, Shenandoah School Corporation is one of our five school corporations. I'm Ron Burgundy in Henry County. Shenandoah, Tri, Knightstown, Newcastle, Blue River. Blue River. That's, 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 that's all of them, right? Yep. You get some Hagerstown kids as yeah, well, no but, but they're, uh, that's actually not here. But um, and there might be a few that go to Union too from from Stony Creek Township, which we really really we'll see. Have a private school here, yeah, sure. We have we have. There's a lot of them, but as far as the major school corporations go, Shenandoah is one of the, the larger ones. Uh, it's the Middletown area, and they have 250 students and staff this week that uh, that have contracted it, which led to a shutdown of school sports. Led to a shutdown of all in-person activities. They did shut down the sports. It did first. No, they they, they were they had to review it. They did. I think they, when they figured they out that ninety percent of the football team was out. Yeah, <laughs> they shut down the school, but kept all the sports. At, they they at kept first. their options the, open for the, a day. The first area that I heard it was hitting with kids, like getting quarantined, was football, because it was like that's the worst sport to have. Like because even if it's outside, it's kids in like. Very say, like, close. A lot, of, a lot of vapors getting yeah. wrestling and volleyball. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just like it's kids in close quarters. And I was like, because there were some kids that didn't even get to go the first day of school. They were in quarantine, like boom, the day before school started. My question is, how much is it of it is overreaction? Because even at this point, the flu kills more kids every year than what COVID has. Well, what you've done is you've tied. We don't shut school down or we've wear master in flu season. We've tied the health departments 
to school corporations. So once they have a certain number, you have to have an action plan by your school corporation with the health department to say, well, how are you going to deal with it? I think once you have more than 0.1% of your population, then you have, then the health department gets involved and you start shutting shit down. So you, there's a metric that's in place based on what the state said. And now what you'll see in Henry County is because you get all these infections, you're going to see, we're probably going to go to red because yeah. you've had such a, a rate of, of infection well, in the yeah, county. And then, yeah. and then Shenandoah, of course, says all students and family and their families and faculty need to get tested. They, they set up a drive through testing to, uh, clinic at the school. Yep. And so then... I mean, I know, and it's not just I here. Know. I'm going to blame Madison County for this because it's it's the district that's closest to Madison County. But Pendleton has a similar issue. It's the mixing of the Anderson and, and Northeast Henry County people that's got Northwest Henry County people that's causing this. I know at least one person who this is, is on Betsy uh, Mills' watch, and uh, I'm going to make sure she knows. Is <laughs> one person who's a parent of children at Shenandoah who went to the drive-through testing because of all this hoopla? His kids tested negative. Three kids test negative. And then he tests positive, but he's asymptomatic and has had the vaccine. So now he's quarantined yeah. at home. That's the, I guess that's the, the thing that they're like, is that people are getting it and they have it, but they don't know it because they're vaccinated. And yeah, they're like asymptomatic to minimal symptoms. They don't even think they have it. But they get I tested. cut the deal with President Joe. Yeah. I don't have to wear my damn mask. I don't want to take my mask. I think that is something. I got my shot. About. I've got one in my pocket. I, I made put my, one my deal. pocket just because I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the, uh, I walked into Walmart yesterday and my wife put the mask on. I'm like, what the hell? Why, why are you wearing a mask? And she's the, like, the rules changed. I the, said, they, are they requiring them? She's like, no, they're recommended again. I'm like, whatever. I'm not doing it. There but more, there was, there were a lot more people wearing what masks in Walmart and Newcastle it's, it's last ramp, night than it's, I expected. It's ramping up a lot. And like, there's more and more at work. I know that, um, it's, I don't know. I wish I, I should have checked it. So it was city council on Monday. And as of to yesterday, it was masks were being mandated in city buildings. Um, and they're also putting hand sanitizer stations outside all the buildings so you could sanitize your hands. And they had, I don't think the hand sanitizer stuff's really gone away. I feel like folks, well, they, left the well, this time they put out. it like in front of the door. And then when you went into the city, into the council chambers, they had one, there's like a little foyer. They had one right there. So they, it was like, you had to walk around it to get in. And he said, I, I should have checked the numbers. He said that they thought that they were going to go red yesterday when they got their numbers back yeah when the wind he uh, said they were very close and he said that talking to the um the head the health department here that, isdh that he thought that we would he thought that henry county would go and i would imagine that like i know of more i know of people that are testing positive like from schools around here and so i'm assuming that the numbers kept climbing. yeah i i fully expect that the county will go red it's just a matter of how quickly the data got in because i know wednesday which is yesterday as we record this wednesday is the date that uh that this stuff updates one good thing about the delta variant is that it's extremely extremely contagious oh that's great well so, it's, it's it'll be but over that means quick that it'll be just run through our population super yeah I'm, I'm, that's the part that's amazing is that like it took like in my brain months for it to actually get to Henry County with any sort of like numbers last year. Like we got into the summer, I think really like it was cause we just aren't that densely populated here. And then it's like, Oh, the Delta variants here. You heard about it for like, I don't know, a month or two. And the next thing you know, there are, yeah, you were like Delta variants in Houston. Yeah. And then now next oh. thing you know, it's like Shendo is, but boom. We, here's the thing. We have been moving a hell of a lot more freely this year. Than yeah. We did then. yeah, we were on folks yeah. were working from home. There were a lot of activities that mitigated our, our mixing as Delta variant happened. We still had Lollapalooza. We still had the, we still had so many events that brought folks together. Uh, Henry County is at a level 2.5. So we are orange. We are the highest level of orange available. We, we, we stayed. Our out. neighbors in Randolph County went, uh, went from blue to yellow. They were the, uh, the beacon of hope. Of <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we are uh we are exactly. now at uh uh 331 uh cases per 100,000 people. So that's only look, 150 go, people essentially. Down, check out the metrics from Henry County. What are the new deaths and things? There's our hospital census. Yeah, it's this is this up. is statewide. Now, I have heard the hospitals are being. I think that's. I guess that's probably a measure they're going to look at. Is hospitals are apparently are like overrun. Sixteen hundred COVID patients in the state right now. We're still like half of what we were at the peak. The peak was about three three thousand thirty four hundred, but the trend line is not good. Yeah, for sure. I knew somebody that had something 
kind of relatively benign happened to him. They had to go to the hospital. I forget where they said they shipped him, but they did not. It was not a local hospital. They got shipped in in the state of Indiana. Twenty four percent of ICU beds are available. That's it. Yeah, but the majority of them are in use from COVID. Twenty percent are COVID. Are, are COVID? Fifty-four percent are non-COVID related. Correct. And eighteen uh, percent of uh, ventilators being used are non-COVID. Six percent of the ventilators are used. They try not to use ventilators very much anymore. Correct. Boy, we've become experts. Definitely become experts. That's the meme that's going around there. Everybody's going from vaccine experts to. <laughs> Well, the epidemiologists and our uh, foreign affairs experts with uh, all the Afghanistan stuff. Well, I don't but, know about you guys, but I've been a vaccine and foreign affairs expert for years. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I try to follow as well as I can, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing just to see how people... I don't know if we'll get shutdowns. I think schools are going to react as they see fit. And I think I, we're going to see some... Uh, business I don't think mandates. We'll, I, I will think not will get shut down be again. shut down again. I would mind being sent home to work from home. I will not be shut down again. I'm not stopping. My employer stuff. has extended the work from home date to the f- end, end of October now. Yeah. So I don't blame I'm people sure for doing work. that. That's not if you're if you've been functioning this long, and that might be the ins- thing with schools. Schools have gotten they have a lot of virtual learning under their belt. And so, but as people are not working from home any longer, it complicates things a hell of a lot more for yeah. parents. My, uh, the state will, I know, I don't know, I guess I don't know the statewide the agency I work for will allow anybody to work from home if their kid is placed in quarantine and can't come, can't go to school. So I'm waiting for that. I'm like, I don't even, I just, I think it's a matter of time yep. for my kids. So I don't think that we will see lockdowns here again. But I definitely think some states are going to start reverting back to their old ways. I think we'll see mask policies and stuff come back. Well, at least with businesses. I don't know. If, I don't know if the. I don't even know if we'll have mask mandate, mask mandates, mandates again. Recommended. It was the governor had that press conference. I think everybody thought that something was going to so happen. So the governor made a press conference and basically he announced that he's going to try to reshape uh, the health program in Indiana. He is he, so much of this term for him or this this. Uh, uh, what the hell would you call it? It's not I a presidency. Term is right. uh, it's two terms, but his his administration has been around health. That now he's going to try to make it a signature issue. So Mitch Daniels tried to rework county government and local governments, and now Governor Holcomb is putting together the equivalent of a Sherman Sherman. Gosh darn it! A Kernan Shepard report uh, with Luke, Senator Luke Kenley, fifteen person panel to look at health departments, how they work, you know, all of the, how the state health departments work and how they interface together. And they're going to report back. And then he's hoping to make some changes. Cause really, apparently we haven't I mean, changed anything in 140 years. It's really probably not a bad idea. And it's a good time. Cause they're all kind of, they're definitely, in there's the, a lot of communication right now that yeah. wouldn't, there wouldn't have been two years ago. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, everybody's kind of, this is about as sharp as you're going to find any of them probably being. And so it's a good time to see what they can do and what can be improved. I watched that because I thought it was, I think a lot of people watched. Oh, it. I so, tuned in. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't watched one of his. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Notif- I haven't seen one of those notifications in a while. They're like, I get a notification on Facebook that the governor's going live. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Yep. And what are they shutting down now? And I think the, all, even the press that were there were like wanting to ask questions because like this isn't what you really brought us here for, is it? And I, and it was just yeah, I was like, okay. I watched it and he did not paint a good picture. He was very confusing. He didn't have any slides. He didn't describe what program it was. He just started talking about shit, but he was very convoluted. It was not his best press conference. Yeah, he just you know, he introduced a couple of people. I think at some no, point it was just kind of like he was just talking about it. Like, yeah, like he was we, talking about it, but like we didn't we know what the know. hell. Yeah, we had it's, no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, I think about it's like you know what we were just talking about back. Yeah, there. back in the room when we cut the deal, <laughs> right on the cigar room. Um, it was very, it was very convoluted. It was not, uh, it was not, did not feel like a gov- gubernatorial address about what the hell was going on. Yeah, uh, especially when you have a live statewide audience watching. You know, they, they televise their folks. It wasn't just a media availability. It I'll, was. I'll tell you what, though, the comment section <laughs> was a dumpster fire. It was just. Do you get catch it on Facebook, YouTube? I what, call it uh, on Facebook. Yeah, and oh my gosh, I could just sat back and watch that. Just people fighting. Just about, and just like, okay, I guess we're still, 
arguing about all this stuff. But man, oh yeah, that was that was much more entertaining than the actual talk. Was just watching people go at it. If somebody says the former president's name, do you do you does that comment still trigger you? No, or do you just ignore it? It wasn't even that. They weren't really bringing that up. It was just people like people angry about people not getting the vaccine and people angry about you know it's time to put your mask on and people like you know over my dead body, which was like okay. I mean that's I wouldn't use that that <laughs> that phrase right now, but it was just people going at it, and everybody just. I see people like I have a coworker that I don't think got vaccinated. That's fine. I bet she, for them it was probably like they don't like needles or whatever. So but she wears a mask in the office. So I was like, fine. I don't dislike her. I don't feel if you're concerned, don't think any less. If of you're her. actually concerned about the virus, or or and and you're wearing a mask in the office to protect yourself, Dakota, wouldn't you be wearing an N95 mask? Like yes. a, a legit mask, not the, you know, the fake it mask. Yeah. Not a surgical mask. Not a cloth mask. A cloth mask. Like, yeah, cloth ones. yeah. It was, yeah. And so some people are being strange about it, but I'm like, I don't think any less of her though. I don't like verbally attack her. I haven't even asked her. I'm just like, that's whatever she's doing over there is her thing. And I'm doing mine. And there are people I know that are vaccinated. They're wearing masks in the office now. And I'm just not quite there. I have one in my pocket. I went and got one out of where I put it. <laughs> You're brave. You're brave enough to have it in your pocket in case somebody yeah. challenges well, I'm, you. Well, because I'm waiting for the email that says that they're there. We have to. I'm just waiting for the email because I work in a building. I'm surprised that you haven't given the current CDC guidelines. Yeah. I'm, That's what changed. It I'm a little a surprised, too, because we have like the office building I work in is I'm probably 150 yards long with 200 people all in it. And. My company's, no walls. my company's official policy is that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear it. But if you are vaccinated, you. Um, so it's it, it's literally if you're unvaccinated, you're supposed to wear it. For the IndyCar race this weekend, if you present your vaccine card, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you don't present one, you have to wear a mask, even in the paddock. COVID's but not surviving that, there. It's going to be kind of like. Isn't that kind of counterintuitive to the whole mask idea? Like the the mask idea is that it keeps droplets from escaping your person. And Fauci said that vaccinated individuals have a higher rate of transmission. But Joe said we could live our lives. Yeah. I cut so that deal with Joe. If I had a beer summit. I watched the TV. He said do this. If I vaccinated did it, I'm good. people spread it more yeah. I'm actually, and the mask keeps you from spreading, I shouldn't vaccinated people be well, the now ones it's that a, now Dakota what it is. Wear the mask? Now Dakota what it is is it's uh it's more incentive for you to get your damn shot. Yeah, because now we are super spreaders that without masks on, and we're here to scare the hell out of you. I think I've seen like some, <laughs> so, some so cower in fear yes, or go get your shot. Like some sports facilities are requiring you to either be vaccinated or you have to wear a mask, but they'll give you they're like I think maybe you have to have a shot to get in, but if you haven't, then they'll give you a vaccine shot right then and there. But you still have to wear a mask for that game or something like that. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on. It, I'll be honest, it doesn't make sense. I've seen people call people who are vaccinated super spreaders, and somebody's like, uh, you, "I'm like, I get what they're saying because they're running around asymptomatic with nor, with like full on or higher viral loads and something." But at the same time, it's like they did what they could to do, you know, to protect everybody else, and if if yeah, it's yeah. I understand it doesn't make sense, but it's these people. We told them that they would have more freedom if they got the shot, so we're going to give them more freedom. And you'd uh, end up with you'd end up with a heck of a tan line Saturday if you spend the entire day running around the paddock with a mask on. So I cut my deal. Yep, I'm I did. I, mean, I did to too. It. I'm I'm sure he'll not put one on in August. Oh yeah, August in a parking lot in outside Midwest. No, no, all day. No thanks. I refuse. But, and I guess I'm getting my booster shot, so so be it. That'll be like September. a new, I think it'll be like a New Year's thing for me because it's said eight it's months after your second shot after you got your deal. So, so my, I think my second shot April was April or May, yeah, April twenty eighth. Yeah, so yeah, but Christmas. I guess, yeah, Christmas January. Just be one more sign, thing. Sign me up. Another another way to get out of work. Yeah, I might take another <laughs> sick day if it knocks <laughs> if it knocks me out. Like the second shot knocked me out, then it might be. Tell you what, I, I'm looking forward to it just for the good night's sleep. It was the greatest, greatest thing ever. All right, Dakota, the uh, the president uh, pulled folks out of Afghanistan. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the most artful, uh, artful way of doing it. A lot of Vietnam flashbacks in the news, watching very similar helicopters trying to trying to leave uh, the capital city of both places. What uh, what's your take? It's a really sad situation. 
I've been really interested in the Vietnam War since I was a kid. Uh, my grandpa, my grandpa was a history teacher and he would, and obviously lived through the Vietnam era. And he had a, this giant book that he had two of them, but one of them was just a, basically a, a, they were both life magazines, but it was like the wars in color and it was World War II in pictures, not in color, and then Vietnam in color. And so I got really interested in the Vietnam War uh, because of the helicopters. Whenever I was a kid, I thought the helicopters were really cool. That kind of transferred over into adulthood. And I know a lot about the Vietnam War. And that was kind of... And because of what happened in 1975, I I had that same worry and I expressed that same worry whenever we were talking with Jesse a few episodes ago with the war in Afghanistan. And it was like uh, way worse than what I thought it would be whenever we were talking with Jesse. It was entirely predictable that that we, yeah, but it was not going to end well didn't think whenever it was happened in 4 weeks. I didn't think what that, happened in like four hours. I think I saw, as soon as they left, it was just. I think I saw the official thing was like eleven days, like yeah, total yeah. The the part that's frustrating is that they didn't do a decent job of getting out their their allies. They didn't do it. Yet. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't get all, everybody evacuated before the military presence was gone. All and the now people, they're having to send I guess three thousand more people in that they're planning on having out by the end of the month. Thousands upon thousands of people. That interpreted for us in Afghanistan. They swept for mines for us in Afghanistan. They fought alongside of our soldiers in Afghanistan, and they never got any help. And now they're being hunted so that they can be the main scene in another Taliban video that we used to see ten years ago. What do you What do you think of the folks that did get out to come back? they're getting a very questionable reaction of, I don't want them here in my community. Yeah. You have that, seen Peter Meyer and, and Justin Amash and some others say, I want them here for sure. They've been, you know, the folks exact to me, that feels like I have friends that are, you know, that are a guy whose wife is a Vietnamese refugee. Her parents were like, that's how they got here. That's so much of the story of the American public. So I see the way that we're reacting to the, to the Afghan refugees that are coming into this country and people have absolutely no use for them. And I'm, I, I'm what, scratching my head. What better American could you imagine than someone who has been fighting or fighting 20 years out advocating for you and have an appreciation for it when they get here that yes, they will be better Americans than, than the most majority of those guys. We, we sent over, we would take thousands of members of the Afghan military, Afghan special forces commandos, and also Afghan helicopter pilots and, uh, air commanders, and we would bring them over to America to do training on our bases with our guys. And the reason we did that was like a huge morale boost. People loved coming here. They loved going to our bases. They loved seeing our military and training with the best of the best and the, our high class equipment, eating fast food that they've only heard about. And they, they loved it. And then we went back there and they were fired up. They were charged about doing this job. And then, so they saw what it was like. They saw what they were fighting for. They had a vision and a dream and aspirations. And then we just left them in the dust. Yeah. The, the, I, I fully understand and I'm aware and, and get that we, you know, we've been advocating for getting out of Afghanistan for a very long time. That part of the mission fully supportive. It's the what the hell, like the the nuance of, okay, get your people out. I I feel like that is, I'm not That's, qualified to answer that, but it does not seem like we did a, we did not do an ad. I don't give a, an A grade to that. That's not to mention the over half of a dozen Black Hawk helicopters that we left behind. We left behind a hell of a lot of equipment. We left behind thousands of small arms guns. We left behind millions of rounds of ammunition. We left behind dozens of Humvees. We even left behind survey drones to survey the geographical landscape. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. I bet they'll find a way to weaponize those. 
And yeah. and the administration said that most of the things that we left behind, they were left there because they weren't. Uh, we didn't find value. They in weren't here. currently operable. And so it was like, but we've been. But these people, the Taliban, has been fighting us and driving around in Russian Soviet era equipment. So I you had, don't think that they can also figure out how to do this? I mean, they've been figuring out how to fix stuff that's uh, 50 years old. I had a uh, lunch with an Afghan war veteran uh, this week, and it was after, after uh, is it Kabul? Uh, mm-hmm. After they lost the city. And he said when he was over there, he was blown away at the antique helicopters he saw flying. He said it was shit right out of Rambo that he saw back you know, in the movie there that was made in the seventies or whatever. And he's in theater himself seeing it going, Oh my God, this shit's still flying. So I can guarantee you whatever the hell we left behind, it's going to be there 40 years from now as well. Yep. Well, I mean, we also fly a lot of things. We still fly, um, aircraft. We still fly a lot of aircraft that we were, that we were using in the Vietnam war. The flyover on Sunday at the cup race was at a 10s. And those, They've been trying to retire those for like fifteen or twenty years, and they can't get it done. So, yeah, people, running. I think, would be shocked at like how long a well maintained, well maintained being key airframe can last. Like there are people that are. It seems like you look up, you'll see a plane oh, be super nice, and you'll ask the guy, and it's like, oh, this is like a seventy, and it looks great because they take very good. I'm not sure how well stuff will do. They like I heard Humvees, and I'm like, if you, it, it's really hard to find somebody who's in the military. They'll tell you that Humvees are anything other than pieces of crap. Yeah. Like they're total garbage. So that's, I'm like, yeah, good luck figuring those out. But like some of the other stuff, you don't leave like drones and stuff that give them. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm the not drone sure. Thing is weird. It's like, how are you telling me a drone is not, not just, operable? Like, why is it there then? Why don't you just break them? Like some stuff, if it's really that inoperable, make it really inoperable. Take it all home. Supposedly, yeah. Drag it home. Supposedly there are reports from, uh, right wing media. I don't know how I discounted already. Yeah. I don't know how accurate it is, but supposedly that was in Trump's pull out plan was they were just going to, they were just going to drop some bombs and, and blow up where the stores of weapons and vehicles. I can see are. doing that. Yeah. Uh, is it's funny. Cause I'm like, that's got Facebook like all fired up. And so I've got some people that are showing Photoshop pictures of like Biden with Taliban leaders and not to be like a bit of a dig, but then there's also a picture of Mike Pompeo with a Taliban leader who's actually, they said might be the de facto yeah. president when this all Mike Pompeo, that picture was literally right after he got him released from Gitmo. Yeah. So I was like, this is, and I'll admit Biden admits this. Like a couple of months. He's like, this after. is a, this whole war has been going on through multiple administrations on both sides of the aisle. Four presidents. Yeah. Four. And so he's like two Democrats, two Republicans. He's like, this is not like a, a one or the other problem. Everybody's facilitated. Because they all the, have the same foreign policies. Act. The withdrawal yeah. it, it doesn't is change. problem. Yeah. Like the, the way that the withdrawal was handled is 100% his problem. It, yeah. The blame falls on no one else. It's, uh, it's his fault. The way that it went down. Especially whenever we're talking about getting people out. The optics are terrible, too. It happened when he was on vacation. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typical. Vacation already? There was the... <laughs> I saw a thing on... Uh, I can't remember what side I saw it on. Someone said that... What kind of websites do you look at, Dakota? Look at... Not very many. Uh, where I get my news is like Drudge Report. That's about it. That's like the only news site that I go to. Just links. It's easy. You see a headline that might be interesting, and you click on it. You click on the link, though. You don't At least you click the on the link. That means you're better than about 95% <laughs> of the internet. Well, I mean, he is a thought leader on the internet, so he has to yeah. click on the links. You have to do I some like reading. to read. I, I like to read. I'm not just going to get my info from the headlines. Plus, sometimes like you get a headline. Well, I, I love finding a headline, and you click on it, and then you read further in the story, I, and I love seeing that the story is different than the headline. headline. Because somebody different writes it. Yeah, and yeah. It, the editors write the headline. Yeah. They don't write the article. Correct. And they don't read the article sometimes either, apparently. And that, well, the editor, is, his only job is to make, make, make it, it clickable. Make clicks. Yeah, yeah. He, he gets paid in clicks, so he's got to make it clickable. It works. 
but I like to find those sometimes. If I see an outrageous headline, I click it and read through the article on purpose to be like, ah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> they got you because you clicked on the thing. And the more outrageous yeah. the headline, then it's probably it. You're like, oh, well, the story is going to be farther away from this than... Sometimes I read headlines and it does get me in trouble because I'll like read the headline and I'll be like, that's so stupid. And then I don't even know about it. All right. And then I don't do anything. And, but then I'll end up mentioning it later. Are, are we good on the Afghanistan talk? Yeah, I think we're okay. How many times this week did you listen to the wreck of the Adam Fitzgerald? Uh, at least a half dozen. <laughs> I listened to it to a few times. We listened to it to a couple times, like on the way to on Saturday on the way to the state fair. Is this like the whole like is, is the whole this like the whole family singing just this? Singing along, like yeah, in, that's what I'm imagining. Like we're in Step Brothers here uh, uh, with Adam Scott's family. What no, Audrey was is like, Audrey humming? What, what's Audrey going was on? Like, what's this song? <laughs> I was gonna say, is that, what's Audrey think of the Edmund Fitzgerald song? She's like, what is this? I'm like, uh, does she think it's a banger? No, she just she didn't really have anything to say about it. She's like, oh, okay. I wouldn't know anything about that song except to listen to Bob and Tom. They mom, make fun like, of it endlessly. So I was like, I was like, oh, it's a song. It's about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I was like, it's, it's called the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I was like, there's that, you know, that beer that we like, and. <laughs> 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 and she's like oh okay and she, and she was like is it real and I was like yeah it's real it's like a real ship it actually went down and then I told her the whole story about you <laughs> going up there and I thought that that was cool and she's like that's pretty neat and then that was it and we just listened to the song I think I watched that it. explains one time you did it five more times this week I think I watched like we listened Discovery. to it twice on the way there and then I, the other times I listened. I think I watched the Discovery Channel show about it when I was a kid. Because didn't like they think it broke in half? Because like one end, yeah. each end of the boat was on a wave, and there was nothing in the middle, and it just snapped in half. I was like, that's frightening to think about. But yeah, I think I watched some. I mean, I, I sat and watched like a lot of like Discovery Channel and History Channel. When There's I was that a kid, so. chilling line towards the end of the song. Oh, I've never heard it. I bet then when when he goes, uh, ah, crap! I can't remember the line now. Um. The only something like the only thing that's left is the names and the faces of the wives and the sons and the daughters. That's that's rough. That's a rough line. That that's the line where I immediately get chills. I'm like, oh. I love I love all the remains in the faces and the names of the yeah. wives and the sons and the daughter. Yeah, I was close. All that remains is the faces, faces and the names, and names of the wives and the sons and the daughters. Lake Huron rolls, superior scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe Dakota is so hung up on that song. Yeah. I love a good song that tells a story. I like story. It's all country songs. music. I'm just, I'm, I'm just yeah, amazed. Yeah, that's why I like country music. I'm just music. amazed that that list is so short that you can get to the record of Edmund Fitzgerald a half a dozen times in a week. Is I, I no, think he's seeking it out. Was, this is, yeah. yeah that's just, just your thing right now. I was just scrolling. I would, I just. I know it takes like one and then a half scroll on my Spotify playlist and then it's, it's there on the screen and I just click it. So there's a TikTok song. This dude, uh, Austin Burke, wrote a uh, wrote a song. It's about fishing, but it's also maybe not about fishing. It's called um, it's called Wet Dream. It doesn't sound like it's about, it fishing, like it's at about fishing at all. No, uh, and it's it's like moved into like top three on Spotify. It was a TikTok song. The guy wrote it being funny. He's a songwriter, you know not on a label uh and i clicked on it on spotify i was like i'm gonna listen to it over there because i'd seen it on tiktok and it was funny and he basically played it for his mom and his grandmother or whatever and he, you know it's a big double very similar to dakota's shirt a lot of double entendre it's not explicitly troubling but it is hilarious so now when i get in my car and I click on Spotify. It's like it, it's like one of those things where you need to clear your search history because it's the first <laughs> damn thing that comes up. So I could have Spotify needs an incognito mode. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. now when I get yeah. in my car and it's like, hey, recently played, it's like Wet Dream by Austin Burke, and I'm like, God damn it! It's hilarious. I look like it's the worst when you do a search for something <laughs> just like out of curiosity's sake, and then now you're like pigeonholed by Google or whatever, yeah. and you're stuck with that. And then it starts serving you like you know you, ever, you Googled it, and now it's like, oh, do you do you struggle with this? Yeah, <laughs> you start getting you scroll, ads. You scroll through Facebook, and there's more of it, and it's just and that things just inundating you. Like I looked something up, and now my Facebook's just full of it. And I was looking up first, like to help somebody, <laughs> and now I'm just stuck. I'm like, I have no interest in this. 
Yeah, it's a uh, oh the internet. Yeah, the internet's fun that way. Look up one thing, and next thing you know, that's going to be your. Google Do you ad. ever um, look at your Spotify stats? I can. Uh, let me uh, let me try. It's not going to be. It's not going to be flattering of my of me or my style. I can guarantee that you're not going to like it. How do you do this? Uh, yeah, literally the very top thing on my on my Spotify is no. You go to wet stats for Spotify dot com and it'll show you like all the top things oh that gosh. you've ever listened to of all time. Stats, yeah, for Spotify. All right, we're gonna Turns try this out, now. My number one song for all time. Please be record. Is uh, no, is Deutschland by Rammstein. That's, like, a, that's swing. a good song. That's a really good song. I don't know any of the words. It's really good. It's because that. For a long time there to get amped up for the gym, I would put that song on. Oh. Every it's like an everyday thing. The real question is which I'm trying to log in at, uh, through my Facebook, through my whatever to see what it's gonna know. A lot of these are just my workout songs. I, had, like, I, played I, I don't day. even I don't even use Spotify. I use oh, top tracks all time. Number one thing uh is the ride by Chris Ledoux. I got a lot of Chris Ledoux. Uh, my number one of, in the all six months is over there. That's Frank by James Hand. And that's a good storytelling song. <laughs> I don't think I've done a lot of... I, this does not feel like... And in, the, in the last four It says six months. Uh, no, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. That much like a, if I listen to music, I'm usually in the kitchen doing something. And I, I have a... I looked up a bunch of like music videos and stuff on YouTube and made a playlist out of them. And I stream that on my little device and in the last four weeks my top song is yeah, wreck of the, edmund the wreck of the edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> which means that i played it enough in the last week to knock off the cur- the last number one spot of the last three weeks so i went to a sammy kershaw concert last month and we i i was checking out the spotify and he recorded an entire george jones like a bunch of george jones covers so in the last four weeks, apparently the thing I've listened to the most because I was riding in the car with Mason on two big road trips and we thought this was hilarious was Sammy Kershaw doing this. So it was his version of White Lightning and his version of Races On. Um, so there you go. So yeah, five, four of my top five uh, songs in the last four weeks are Sammy Kershaw and the other one is the Wet Dream Song, which I think I've only listened to twice. Maybe, so I don't know. At this point, I don't understand how that works. I, I question this. If it if it's a hot if like it's a very popular song and you looked it up, it probably like algorithms are going to shove it to the front. It says the most. Yeah, it's give me your uh, go back to your page. Okay, and uh, you. I want to get your top artists. Top artists. Oh, this is going to be Chris Ledoux is going to be number one. I guarantee that of all time. All time. All time. Give me your top ten. Uh, Brad Paisley's number one. Chris Ledoux. Sammy Kershaw. Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, Randy Travis. I'm proud of most of these. Cody Johnson, Alan Jackson, Eric Church, and Tracy Lawrence. Yours are wildly different from mine. (laughs) (laughs) Mine are all country. If I had the same kind of thing, mine would be wildly different than all of yours. I listen to almost no country. I listen to some... I was a Garth Brooks fan when Garth was like new. I have to get down to number 14. It's very surprising. Number 14 is Huey Lewis in the News. So, because I have put on a couple of Huey Lewis albums yeah. on there and and let it play, so that would probably do it. Uh, and sixteen is Bare Naked Ladies. Mine is uh, Charlie Crockett. Okay. Number one. Number two is Lil Wayne. Number three is Akira the Dawn. Number f- he's a lo-fi hip hop artist. Number four is Coulter Wall. Number five is James Hand. Six is Sturgill Simpson. Seven is Van Halen. Eight is Tyler Childers. Nine is Johnny Cash. And number 10 is Whitey Morgan in the 78s. I'm embarrassed that Johnny Cash is only number nine when you name your son Jackson after Johnny Cash. Well, you know. I'm, I'm very disappointed in you. I'm not going to name him Dwayne Carter. I'm not sure why. Wiz Khalifa is 21 in mine, and I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I it, did he does he have something that I that I like or know I don't understand. Well, he's one of those guys that's on stuff. Is he on stuff that I would that I would be playing? Yeah, well, number twenty one for me is the drive by truckers, and I've never heard. That's that what I mean. As I'm like, I have literally no idea what, why, how, when. I no clue. Meanwhile, Romstein is number twenty seven, and they were my number one. Oh. They sang my number one song of all time. I don't know. I do have Tyler Childers on my list. He's uh, he's coming in at twenty nine. I have I have a personal rule against Kenny Chesney, and he's twenty eighth on here. So I 
This is very questionable. And I listen to Lamb of God pretty often, but they're number 37 on my list. So I'm a band geek, and the only thing I've gotten into recently was uh, there's two guys called Two Cellos, and they play like modern songs on yeah, cellos. I hate Florida Georgia Line, and they're 40. I don't think that I could listen to that while I'm like just driving. No, but you should see some of it because they'll do like... Um, I'm going to look up Dueling Banjos Radio and just... Uh, <laughs> uh, Zach, do you sing while you drive? No, I don't sing, period. Do you have no do joy you, in your do life? Do you sing while no. you drive? Oh, God, yes. Okay, yeah. I'm belting it out. But see, me and you... I don't sing well. You and I, we drive a lot Yeah, for our day jobs. I did 135 miles today. Zach, home for you lunch. don't drive... Well, I have an, I have an eight-mile round-trip commute right now. You've got a decent commute yeah i listen to bob not, and tom on the way like, in really like driving all day no i listen to bob and tom on the way in and then on the way maybe home it's, maybe finish a podcast i just uh bought something so i could actually bluetooth audio in my car i couldn't do that for a while and then otherwise what? i just listen to the radio one of the things that i love about being called out in the middle of the night or whenever it's early in the morning and it's still dark is that i can crank the volume as high as i want it to be and I can sing as loud as I want to be and look as obnoxious as I want and no one can see me. Oh, I don't no give one, a damn about no anybody around me. I'm, I'm, I'm singing I don't care. I don't want someone taking a video of me in my company vehicle. Having too much fun? Yeah. God forbid you and, smile. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like rapping or something. I have window tint so nobody could see me. I like... So I good yeah. move. Here, the the new thing on the uh, the Sirius XM. My mother in law went out of her way to tell me that uh, there's a new podcast out on channel 104 on Sirius. Really, a podcast if it's on the radio. It's uh, it was the first podcast ever. Essentially, uh, Adam Curry, a 15 minute radio show. Lucille Ball, channel 104 is exclusively. Wow, uh, Lucille huh. Ball from the 50s and 60s doing 15 minute interviews with people. With celebrities. Never even heard that that existed. I, it just started. That is pretty cool. It where just started. Those, where have they been? I don't know. I, her, her daughter introduces it on Sirius or whatever, but it was, uh, Libby told me about it and she's like, you'll never believe it. They're complaining about the election in 1954 or 1956 or whatever and how terrible and nasty it is. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of yes. that stuff. Yeah. You Adelaide learn. Stevenson versus Dwight Eisenhower must have been terrible. How long is. It's like I, I, I was listening. She to died him. in 1989. Yeah, she's been dead on pretty much my entire life. Who's been life. sitting on that audio? I don't know. I bet that's. Fa- I bet that's children. fascinating. But it's though. out there. Yeah, I've listened. I've listened to a few of them. I'm planning on uh, on this big road trip to uh, to check to check more out. But it is good, yeah. and it's a very different style. It's a very a very. Uh, but she's she's she gives opinion. She it was. Uh, it's good radio. I listened to or, a podcast today that played a portion of an Eisenhower speech. The military industrial complex speech is damn good. It was part of that speech. It wasn't the part where he mentions the military industrial complex, but it was his the uh, first going away part address of that speech. Yeah. And the only thing that I could think besides like, Oh, that's a really good speech, but mainly it was like, what would it be like to have a person that is that caliber of a leader in the white house again? He's the president of Purdue university now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm telling you that the, the guy that the, this generation actually should have had, he, he's president of uh, Purdue, so he didn't want the job. I just we're so dysfunctional. That that's the people, what we need. The people that should do the job, yeah, don't. In, in, but yeah, it's, say it goes from president to state representative to senator to local government. The people that should do it that you know, they they don't want to. It's too much self respect, and they're too and they're too humble to think they can. Probably. Yeah. All right, Mr. Zach. We're at that time in the show. Where we probably ought to start wrapping things up, doing final thoughts. You're, You're right. trying to the go press the It's like, well, Man, sometimes they Pavlov's, get jumped for not getting the cues. Pavlov's dog. Yeah. What, uh, y- y- anything to plug? You're not going to be in town this weekend, so. No. Um, LNK Produce has their yellow watermelons yeah. in stock. I was going to say LNK. Um, Kate's probably busy. He's been begging for rain and they finally got it. So hopefully that helps them out. I saw a farmer call it a hundred thousand dollar rain today, so it was pretty important. I um, mean, well, it rained yesterday. I thought about him. It rained yesterday in Indianapolis, but it never got here. We had, like the downpour that we had today, and we had a downpour like one of those ones that you probably nowhere in any building you could be and not hear that it was raining unless it was like a soundproof building. Um, 
But we had one of those yesterday too, but it just didn't get. I'd say here. we got an inch and a half. I and of course it happens as it happens every time. I finally added water to my damn pool, and then we get the inch and a half <laughs> of rain, and it's it's too full. Yeah, I but, bought water, and then it and then we get a shit ton of rainwater. Yeah, otherwise, I, last time I fell back because the Broad Street Cruise was the next day, and I forgot about it. It stormed right before then, so um, yeah. L, I mean, L and K's got their thing going on Saturday. I'm not sure if they're still doing food truck Fridays, but check Newcastle pages and otherwise stay cool. It's gonna be hot. Check local listings. Yeah, D squared. I don't have anything. You got more ink? You're getting this week. Yep. So next we're dark. Time you see me. You're gonna have your you're gonna have your neck tattoo. You're gonna two, look like you belong at a at a <laughs> at a concert in Jay County. I'll be two thirds of the way to having a completed sleeve. Right arm, left arm. Let me see that. Well, let's see it now. There's barely anything there. Barely you've got anything there. Yeah, you've got something on your wrist. I have that. Yep. All right. What's it gonna be? A, Is it a surprise? Is it the show logo? It'll be a surprise. All right. We'll leave I'll it show a surprise. it off to the Patreon people first. We uh, we appreciate you guys very much. Uh, awesome to have uh, have another week in the books. We are dark next week. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Dakota's tattoo week, and I'm gonna go try to find him a piece of a ship. With that, we thank I you all wait. very much, and we'll uh, we'll catch you in September, and then we'll be uh, I guess we'll be playing some. Uh, what's the hell is a September song? There's a wake me up when September. No, not uh, no, 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 no. Yes, the wake me up in September ends is a deal too, but. Uh, no, there's a, it's an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Yeah, it, y'all know what it is. We'll see you then.